Al-Bayan Radio presents an explanation of Kitab al-Iman from Sahih Muslim presented by Sheikh Muhammad Duar. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah, wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man ihtada bi huda amma ba'd. My dearly respected brothers and sisters, tonight we resume our explanation of the book of Iman or Kitabul Iman taken from the great book Sahih uh, Muslim. And we continue where we left off. And today we take a chapter titled The Command to Fight the People Until They Testify to La Ilaha Illallah and establish the salah and pay the zakah and believe in everything that the Prophet ﷺ brought. Whoever does that, his life and his wealth are protected except by its right. His secrets are entrusted to Allah and fighting those who withhold the zakat or other than that is one of the duties of Islam and the Imam should be concerned with the laws of Islam. This is the title of the chapter, titled by the great Imam al-Nawawi rahimahullah. And the first hadith in this chapter is the hadith of Abu Hurairah radiallahu ta'ala anhu. He narrated that when the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam breathed his final breath and Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu was appointed as his khalif, those among the Arabs who wanted to become Murtaddin, apostates, became Murtaddin. Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu anhu said to Abu Bakr, why would you fight against the people when the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam declared, I have been directed to fight against the people as long as they do not say la ilaha illallah and whoever professed it was granted full protection of his property and life on my behalf except for a right. His other affairs rest with Allah. Then upon this Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu said, by Allah I would definitely fight against them, who, against him who differentiated between the salah and the zakat. For it is the obligation upon the rich. By Allah, I would fight against them even to secure the rope of a camel, which they used to give to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, but now they have withheld it. Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu anhu then said, By Allah, I found nothing but the fact that Allah Azza wa Jal had opened the heart of Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu to fighting against those who refused to pay the zakat and I fully recognize that the stand of Abu Bakr was correct. For this hadith, this great hadith my brothers and sisters is regarding those from the Arabs who after the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam passed away they decided to deny and reject the paying of the zakat. And they said 
we do not need or have to pay zakat anymore because Rasulullah has passed away. So they have denied and rejected one of the pillars of Islam. And Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu as the imam of the Muslims and the Khalifa, he fought against those who denied the zakat in Islam. And Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu anhu questioned Abu Bakr over this decision by asking him, how can you fight a people who say la ilaha illallah when the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, I was commanded to fight the people until they say la ilaha illallah. So Umar ibn al-Khattab is questioning Abu Bakr's decision. So Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu replied and he said, by Allah, I will fight anyone who differentiates between the prayer and the zakat, meaning there's no difference between the two. And he said, by Allah, I will fight them for a rope that they used to give to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam in the hadith, he says, he says, his affair rests with Allah. Meaning, his hidden affair and what he conceals. And what this means is, whoever brings la ilaha illallah on his mouth, we accept it from him. We accept the apparent. And his affair rests with Allah, means his hidden affair. As for the apparent, we take it from him, because we cannot look inside the hearts. If he contradicts his words in his heart, his affair is with Allah in the next life. This is what the hadith teaches us. And Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu said, whoever differentiates between the salah and the zakat, meaning he believes in the salah and he does the salah, he obeys Allah in the salah, but he prevents the zakat and denies it. I will fight anyone who believes in the salah, but denies the zakat. This is what Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu is teaching the ummah. And there are a number of lessons that we benefit from this hadith. The first of them is that ridda, my brothers and sisters, which is apostasy, leaving Islam, does not drop the obligation of the zakat. The person that leaves Islam, once he leaves Islam, this does not drop his obligation of the zakat. Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu still fought them for the zakat, even though they, apost- they became apostates after they left Islam for denying the zakat. He still went against them for it. And based on this, some of the scholars used this hadith as proof that the kuffar, the disbelievers, they are still judged for the branches of Islam even though they don't do the fundamentals. And that's a big mas'ala between the scholars. Do the non-Muslims get judged for the branches? Okay? Because some people say, la dhamba ba'd al-kufr. There is no sin after kufr and shirk. Meaning, if they are committing kufr and shirk, anything else doesn't matter. Other scholars say no. Even though they are committing shirk and kufr, which is the worst of sins, 
they still get punished and judged for the other branches that they do. So the kafir still gets judged for drinking alcohol, committing zina, performing all the other sins. And this is the stronger of the opinions. This is the stronger of the opinions. And based on that, you cannot assist a non-Muslim in haram just like you cannot assist a Muslim in haram. What is haram on the Muslim is also haram on the kafir, even though the kafir performs it. Some people ask, for example, I was given a gift of alcohol, can I give it to my non-Muslim neighbor? We get asked this question a lot. Or someone was gifted uh, a leg of ham, for example. Can I give it to my non-Muslim neighbor? No, because he is questioned over the sin, just like the Muslim is questioned over the sin. We also benefit from this hadith, that whoever denies an obligation of Islam is a disbeliever. Whoever denies an obligation of Islam is a disbeliever. These Arabs, after the time of, after the death of the Prophet ﷺ, they denied the obligation of the zakat. It's not that they just refused to pay zakat. Okay, do not misunderstand this. There's a difference between someone who doesn't pay the zakat but believes he has to. And between people like this who denied the obligation. They said now that the Prophet ﷺ has passed away, we do not have to pay zakat. So they have denied the obligation. Whoever denies the obligation has left Islam. And the hadith is also proof that the disbeliever who conceals his kufr, the disbeliever who conceals his kufr, but he makes Islam apparent, is not punished. We cannot punish him. Because his kufr is concealed, we can't see it. We take by the apparent, as we mentioned. And if this person repents openly, by saying that he was a disbeliever who concealed his kufr and has repented, his repentance is accepted. So let's say there's a person who is a disbeliever in his heart, but he is pretending to be a Muslim. We accept his Islam because we judge by the apparent. Afterwards, that person repents and he says to the Muslims, I used to conceal kufr, but now I have repented and I am an open Muslim now. His repentance is accepted in Islam. And this is the view of most of the people of knowledge, such as Imam al-Khattabi and Imam al-Nawawi rahimahumullah. And we understand this from the hadith where he says his blood and his wealth are safe and his affairs are with Allah. That word, his affairs are with Allah, means his internal affairs. Because we don't know. We just deal with him according to the apparent. But whether he's concealing something we don't know, that's not our duty. His affairs are with Allah. That's what the hadith indicates too. We also benefit from this hadith that it is proof that one must return to the truth 
after it is made apparent to him. And that's what Umar ibn al-Khattab did. Umar ibn al-Khattab questioned, over, uh, questioned Abu Bakr about his decision. When Abu Bakr taught Umar the truth, Umar accepted it. That's a lesson that you as a Muslim must always accept the truth when the truth is brought forward to you. You do not have arrogance and pride and reject the truth. You must accept the truth when the truth is made apparent to you. Because rejecting the truth is pride. And it is from the worst types of pride. When the Prophet ﷺ said, No person enters paradise who has an Adam's weight of pride in his heart. A person who has an Adam's weight of pride in his heart does not enter paradise. So someone asked the Prophet ﷺ, they didn't understand. And they said, Ya Rasulullah, a person loves for his clothes and his shoes to be beautiful. In other words, is this pride? If I love to have nice clothes and nice shoes. So the Prophet ﷺ said, Inna Allah jameelun yuhibbul jamal. Allah is beautiful and he loves beauty. Meaning, having nice clothes, nice shoes is not pride. This is beautiful. And Allah loves beauty. He then taught us what pride is. He said, pride is rejecting the truth and looking down at the people. And this is the worst type of pride. The pride of rejecting the truth is worse than the pride of looking down at people. Because the pride of rejecting the truth causes you to reject the deen. And this is the worst type of pride. When you reject the verse or the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ because of your whims and your desires. This is something that Allah Azza hates. Because the believer, the true believer, he says, If I didn't know the truth and then the truth is made clear to me, I must accept it. And that's what Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala anhu done here. And in the famous hadith, when the Prophet sallallahu wasallam saw a man eating with his left hand. The Prophet sallallahu wasallam saw a man eating with his left hand. The Prophet ﷺ ordered him and he said to him, eat with your right hand. The man said, I can't to the Prophet ﷺ. So the Prophet ﷺ made dua against him and he said, may you never be able to do so. And then the man lost all use of his right hand because the dua of the Prophet ﷺ is accepted. Then the Prophet ﷺ said, nothing prevented him except his pride. In other words, he can eat with his right hand, but nothing stopped him except his pride. For his pride caused him to reject the truth, which caused the Prophet ﷺ to make dua against him, which caused him to lose use of his right hand. That shows you the danger of rejecting the truth. For we are a ummah of sama'na wa ata'na. We hear and we obey.
The hadith also shows us the courage and the knowledge of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Many people, mashallah, when they think of courage and strength, the first person that comes to mind is Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu anhu. And no doubt this is true. We all know the strength and the courage of Umar ibn al-Khattab. But do not ever underestimate Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu anhu. There is a reason why he was the Khalifa of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And he was the perfect man for that job. Because when Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu became the Khalifa, he is the one by the will of Allah azza wa jal and by the help of Allah azza wa jal who kept Islam strong and kept its foundation solid. Even though subhanallah, Abu Bakr al-Siddiq, he was only a Khalifa for two and a, li- and a little bit of years. Two and a half years approximately. That's all Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu ruled for. But that two and a half years was so crucial. Because in that time, there was a huge fitna. The Prophet ﷺ passed away. Many people started to lose their iman. Some people started to leave Islam. Look here. People started denying zakat and the obligation. So Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, he had to be courageous and strong to protect the deen. And what he done in that two and a half years, no one was able to do. And subhanallah, in that two and a half years, all he done was fight to protect the deen of Allah azza wa jal. He sent out 11 armies. 11 armies as the khalifa in two and a half years. So imagine what he was dealing with. And because of that, he built the foundation. And when Umar ibn al-Khattab took over, it's like Abu Bakr paid the, uh, paid the path for him. He made the path easy. And Umar ibn al-Khattab ruled for 10 years and he was able to conquer and open the lands because Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu done the hard work of preserving the religion. And that's why when Umar questioned Abu Bakr, Abu Bakr taught Umar and he said, by Allah, I will fight them even for a rope that they gave to the Prophet Not because of the wealth. It had nothing to do with the wealth. But it was the principle of not denying something from the deen. And if Abu Bakr did not take that stance, the zakat would have been lost. But Abu Bakr understood the danger of this type of thought. And that's why he took this stance radiallahu ta'ala anhu. The hadith also teaches us that Tawheed protects the blood and the wealth. Because the Prophet said, whoever says la ilaha illallah, his blood and his wealth is protected. So Tawheed preserves your blood, your wealth and your honor. We also benefit from this hadith that we as Muslims rule by the apparent. Our duty is not to judge the hearts of people. We do not know the hearts of people. 
We judge by the apparent. That's what the hadith teaches us. And this is what Amr ibn al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala also said. He said, we judge by the apparent. The hadith also teaches us that Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu was the rightful Khalifa after the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and the perfect man for the job. And the companions, it was known to them that the one who abandons the salah is punished even if he affirms tawheed. And the hadith is also proof that it is not permissible for a people or a nation to abandon and deny a clear fundamental of the religion like salah or zakah. It's not permissible for a group of people, a group of Muslims to deny a fundamental of the religion like the zakat or the salah. Otherwise, they are fought by the imam. The imam is to fight them. Even if they utter La ilaha illallah Because that's what Amr ibn al-Khattab said to Abu Bakr How can you fight them when they say La ilaha illallah And Abu Bakr taught him radiallahu anhu That we do so because they are denying An obligation of the deen And a fundamental aspect of the religion Insha'Allah we will continue with this chapter In our next lesson بإذن الله تعالى والله أعلم وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم